0: Is this your first ever podcast? Yeah. No, is it? Oh, what? <laughs> that's crazy talk.
1: <laughs> I didn't radio any Musri, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I can not get on Not that's good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, they're good. And the guy actually gives me your same kind of vibe. Sure. Oh, really? <laughs> For his name, Muhammad. He has uh, an Afro. <laughs> he's got.
0: Well, I don't know if <laughs> I have reading. an Afro. You good? <laughs> yeah. All right okay ready when i clapped that means we started (laughs) just (laughs) so you know behind the scenes in the best meets podcast you know that's where the magic happens you know uh all right so Neda, welcome to the and meets podcast i'm so happy that you're here i know you're here for um a short period of time um because you're here on some business is that right so uh i want to just I want you to you know you just you, you started your business you start, you have a startup and you usually do elevator pitches all the time I'm sure right yeah. so how about you give me your elevator pitch right now oh shit it's on, I put okay, you on the on spot, the spot <laughs>
1: but I can uh, okay so uh, we're, our company is Passport we're the first online platform in the MENA and African region to connect uh, top talented athletes to get sports scholarships to pursue their academics and athletics in the United States and we do so through completely online process so imagine it like a LinkedIn but connecting athletes and coaches and really digitizing the scouting process
0: so wow that was a really good um, pitch you know what I mean because <laughs> I feel practiced. that's like three floors I want to say that's free Laura lo- free three floors of elevator um but look, honestly, so how I got to know you, little background, is um, I was at the Wumina um, Pitch uh, Day, a mm-hmm. uh, Pitch Day, Demo Day, I think it was called. Right? Was it called yeah. Demo Day? Yeah. Demo. So, um, of course, Wumina founded by Elisa Freja, who I've had on the podcast uh, a couple of times. Uh, Brendan, you've met Elisa, right? Yeah, so, uh, so we filmed her here and, and she was super cool. So when I came to Womina's uh, demo day, I saw all these uh, startups, um, you know, pitching their ideas and I was so blown away by all these ideas, you know? like I was like, holy shit, these guys are like real, the real deal, you know? Like everybody was the real deal. Uh, but one uh, startup that stood out was you and um, I was like, This is amazing because not only are you doing a startup that's awesome, but also you're helping people realize their dreams, you know, and I think that is absolutely incredible. So so I wanted to talk to you about it. And I love that you're wearing your varsity jacket. Yeah, you know, that's really my cool. it's
1: branded, uh, yeah. branded gear. It's really cool. It's <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I
0: saw you walk onto that stage, you're wearing that jacket, I was like, damn, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, I want that jacket for some reason. <laughs> so if if you want to send me one, I'll, I'll give you my address afterwards.
1: I custom made it, sure. Oh, you <laughs> custom made it? Just custom make
0: one for me, and I could just, like, uh, support you. But anyway, so I was- what I wanted to say is, uh, so congratulations. I know you got some investment as well. Mm-hmm. So um, walk us through that. How was your experience with... Uh, Like, you've signed up to this Womina, Momentum thing, Um, but maybe, like, we want to step a little bit back and tell me how you started this business, why you started this business, and yeah, we'll just have a conversation about that.
1: Of course. So, I've always been, like, top, I mean, enjoyed athletics all my life and played sports. That was a huge part of my life, but I specialized in tennis growing up, and that's where I was ranked, like, top four in Egypt, under 12, under 14. Consistently, I would go to summer camps, I would travel for tournaments, so... I was always trying to balance tennis with school, uh-huh. and I knew that coming to college, I didn't want to just quit tennis, because a lot of my teammates in Egypt end up doing that. They go to a local university, they, uh, or they do the opposite and go pr- completely professional, which is also a very risky and uh, like low percentage of success in that path as well, with right. lack of support and finances. So I found the medium of college tennis in the US, and honestly, it, I was impressed. Like I, when I was applying to college, I, uh, I had to email so many different coaches to see how this tennis, like me being a tennis athlete would help me. Cause I knew it could, but I didn't know exactly how. And none of my like previous classmates have done it. Or so I really did like randomly message coaches, just like, Hey, I'm Nada. I, I've been playing tennis. This is uh, what I like to do. This is uh, what I do with my extracurricular. And it was I was not getting responses, or I was getting like a one-word answer, or so I figured I was probably sending the wrong things. And then someone told me, okay, you have to do a video, which kind of makes sense. So how they can assess your level while they're being in the U.S. and you're all the way in Egypt? How are they gonna assess your level? So I like invested in a whole production video, got studio cameras in the tennis court, which again was apparently way overboard. Like that's not what you need. All you need is a even like a phone camera where you're just. Focusing on specific uh, like, ra- like shots or footwork and just to show the coach your your style even and your competitiveness. Uh, so I made a video, sent it back to like there was more like more like eighty coaches that I had just was emailing a uh, video and then my SAT score. So that's apparent that's the big indicator of your academics. Uh, sent those back and forth with like you're my dream school. I can't wait to be there and all that. And still you don't get that many responses until. Uh finally, like I would not all like I would also use Facebook <laughs> to talk to these coaches, which I don't know how professional that was. But it's what you really need to do. You need to be persistent. And luckily, the Columbia, Columbia Tennis Coach, so Columbia University in New York, which is definitely was my dream school. Um, nice. They got so she got in touch with me and she's like, oh, we really want you on our team. And uh, that's and the way it works is they help you get into the university. So it's a top school. Their, their, I mean, their academics are very, I mean, it's hard to get in on your own, so the coach can push your application forward, and that's that's really how, like, I, it was like a life-changing opportunity where I knew, like, oh, wow, if it wasn't for tennis, I wouldn't have gotten to my dream school, I wouldn't have gotten this kind of education, and I wouldn't have gotten to play college sports, which are, like, an experience of a lifetime, to be honest. Whoa, um, so,
0: okay, so uh, full disclosure, I don't know much about Neda, so, so anything she tells me in real time, I'm going to be impressed. So, uh, so, okay, so you went to uh, – so you got a response from Colombia, mm-hmm. okay? So walk me through the day, you got that email, like, mm-hmm. boom, your inbox, your Gmail – Popped up and it said whatever the name was, and you opened it. It was like congratulations, we want (laughs) you to be involved in Colombia. And then did you uh, you ended up going to Colombia as well?
1: For sure. I mean. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) So tell me about
0: that. That's that's really cool. Tell me that from the get go.
1: So so on. So how? I mean, the the cool thing about being an athlete is that you you could know even before. So I knew a little bit about it before getting the letter. Like the coach would call you, be like, I want you on, and uh, we're offering you a spot on the team in a sense, and I was like. I don't know, I, I can't believe that this is actually real. You can't really, like, it's not commitment till you see the letter, as you say. But it's nice knowing that, okay, I went into senior year of, of high school, kind of knowing that I potentially have a solid spot in, in Columbia University. Not until applying in December, like, I still had to do the whole thing, like, a uh, full essays. I actually, like, paid someone to help me with essay editing and to make sure, like, I have a very good application. And then, in March is when you really find out, and it's it's a it's a midnight, uh, so it's a midnight email that comes in. You wait for it, sure. and it's uh, congratulations with the full, and then the package obviously because we're overseas, it comes a lot later. But the email is like you read it a few times, you're like this can't be real, and then you. Uh, obviously parents were the first people to tell and, yeah, then yeah. <laughs> I, spread it and I tried not to spread it too much because I, I don't know you know how our culture yeah. sometimes has yeah. this like
0: we don't want hasad <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're like you're not sure until you're actually there and it's real so yeah um, but that was uh, like a dream come true because I, I mean I was always a good student um uh, and my dream was an Ivy League or a really top university. But then come to see the numbers of like 6% accept, acceptance, 4% acceptance, you're like everyone applying has the same dream, has the same background. So yeah. if tennis can give you that edge, amazing. And that's what happened. So,
0: so you eventually went and, um, and you did professional tennis there. Is that you yeah. studied tennis? Okay. And what is that like? What is, what is it like to study and play, and play tennis professionally?
1: Yeah it's so it's uh, collegiately which is like a professional Co- colleges level, college yeah level. okay okay but it's uh i mean even though i'm in a, such an academic school i was pretty much playing tennis more than studying which <laughs> i know it's it sounds a bit crazy but we we practice 6 times a week twice a day you're you're practicing between classes you're getting you're getting but like the opportunity to subscribe to classes before all the other students because they know you're gonna have to be flexible with your training schedule. On the weekends, you're traveling to tournaments all across the U.S. Uh, flying buses, trains. We've d- done all kinds of transportation. Uh, every pretty much every weekend, there's if there's not a match, there's a tournament. There's a fake match. There's like a practice match. Uh, fitness, uh, athletic. Like I means. Uh, what is it called physical fitness and mental toughness and nutrition like you have to do all of that and the amazing thing is they offer everything to you so it's that's what was really impressive is like how professional they they they, they treat their athletes and how it's a huge part of the campus life and it's the better the, ath- the athletes do the more impressive the college is the more marketing they get the it's like a they really put their like all their everything into the sports environment yeah, and you can feel it like you're treated as a uh, as a special student you're get it you're, you get uh, what's it called you get like first first priority in classes you get a special tutoring for athletes you get career counseling for athletes you get so they try to make your life as easy as possible so that you can perform as high as possible wow and win as much as you can for the school that's you know? fascinating mm, I was impressed wow <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so what what transpired out of this so you you've how long were you in colombia for and and then what happened after colombia
1: so um yeah so it's a four-year college program i ended senior year being like captain of the team which was honestly a great great honor and a great way to like learn how to oh you were the captain of the team oh uh, i finished as the captain look at you wow oh wow it was honestly it was a great experience like uh, as a student athlete, I feel like you grow a lot differently than a regular student, and it's and it's thanks to like how how you have to like commit, like you're 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 more and more committed. You have priorities. You can't you have to balance your time. It's a it's a very stressful and difficult kind of thing to go through. But looking back, it's you learn so much. You owe so much of your life to that those four years. Mm. And even in the U.S., I mean, maybe here not as much yet, but they companies want to recruit athletes to work for them because they know they know what they've been through they know how they can manage their time they know uh like they know the competitiveness they have it's it's very well looked upon in even the job market as uh, as an athlete so just overall and like in general i was i I, like i thank so so i thank tennis for getting there and then once i was there i was like this is super hard but i'm learning so much and i'm there's so much value to being a student athlete that i was like why do not, why are not more people getting this? Or why are not more, especially like people from home. So Egypt, I'm from Egypt. So, I mean, there was, there was 56 Egyptian athletes all across the U- US the year I was there. And I'm like, there could be a lot more. We have so much talent and um, and the opportunity here is insane. Like, why are we not using that in a sense?
0: Yeah, so why, why didn't you decide to pursue tennis further? Like in a in a professional sense?
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, out of our, our te- the four years I was there, one, 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 ath- one of the tennis players who was playing number one for us, she's the one who decided to pursue professional, and it's it's a very, very small percentage. She was one of my best friends. She went through the, like, it's very lonely, the professional life. She, uh, like, there's not really not that much money. She was, like, a, two years of just traveling to tournaments, trying, and you're really, tennis is super competitive. It's not, like, it's. There's a lot of players and a lot of talent. It's hard to be good enough where you're making a living out of it, and it's a it's a very specific kind of life. I knew I wanted to just stay in the sports industry, do something with sports, but not uh, not professional career was not my, not for me. Really, it's uh, it's very it's very risky, and it's like the, the success rate is really low, and the support system and the financial backing, and it's not an easy process. And my friend who just who did that, she went through two years, super lonely like did her best and like her body like i mean she injured and it's it's really hard on the body and then now she's back into she's doing an mba like she's gonna go back into the corporate life and really yeah it's 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 interesting
0: though so what's in it for the college if if the if the student doesn't continue with a professional career why would the college put so much effort into bringing people who are um, super good at a certain sport. Like I understand maybe uh, if it's team-based sports because there's drafts and and sure. some of these guys go into um, you know they go they would go into the teams or the, like if it's the NBA or if it's the NHL or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so what's in it for like individual sports like tennis? Yeah. So why would a college be like, all right, I'm gonna invest in you so much, uh, but then it's up to you if you want to continue in this or not. So wh- why would a college do that?
1: It's I mean they're it's funding like and marketing so they're. So the more so the coach wants to get the best players, and when the coach wins, they get a bonus. When the when the university wins, they're marketed off better. They can get better players. Like the rec- next year, you can recruit more players. It's kind of like the cycle of they use sports for marketing, which the U.S. always does and has always been doing, and it's something we need to do. I think more in the region where that you look at sports as a industry as a business. It's not a it's not just a like a f- leisure thing. So they, what they want to do is recruit the best talent to get the most wins, to then market themselves really well, uh, to to then, sorry, even get more funding. So if so, you know how like a lot of the universities are based on like financial aid or funds just from like alumni coming in. Yeah. So it's very common where you see alums putting in more money if the team is winning or if we have. So I'm as an ex tennis player. I know if I see like the future tennis players in Colombia winning a lot. I'd want to be more involved. I'd want to give back more. It's it's this culture and mentality of just the more we win, the more money, the more marketing, the everything just kind of looks better.
0: So, so. They, they pretty much, let's say, in 2020, they will you know, recruit, um, let's say, uh, 50 tennis players. Mm-hmm. And maybe two of these tennis players will go on to become like, uh, very successful players so in return they will say like oh well these players graduated from the Columbia program and that's why they're the best in the world is that is that what what they look like or or, or like
1: I guess for basketball and those as you said like the draft players yeah oh wow this guy came from Duke and he's now playing for Lakers that's a big deal but in general that's the, the, the chances are still super slim by the way from college to drafts or from college to professional it's still a very small percentage so they're not betting on those they're they're honestly just trying to maximize the wins during the college time they really for after that they're like if we have successful alum whether it's a journalist whether you're successful as a podcast whatever whatever you're doing if you're a startup like whatever success you have they embrace it they 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 live on to that it doesn't have to be sports related at all right right. so that's a cool thing because i get where you're coming from because here like i know in egypt when i was trying to sell this idea to a lot of clubs they're like oh i'm gonna train the athlete for so long and then they're gonna leave me for four years of college what am I getting? I'm like, you're getting them. They, they look like they're going to somewhere better. You're getting them better training. You're investing in their future. Like, it's a, I think it's a different mentality where it's mm. not not give, bringing you something directly back. Like, it's not a direct right. win. But so it's, it's almost
0: like getting the school to, um, you know, more publicity, winning in tournaments, uh, inter-college tournaments and stuff like that. So the name of that particular school is always on the top of the board and that kind of thing. So it's almost that kind of... thing it's so interesting though because the u.s has a huge uh sports fascination you know and it's interesting that i mean we see this in movies right like they uh they um, scouts go to schools to find uh various players who that you think are going to make it to the next level or whatever or they're going to take the school to uh to to heights and Mm -hmm. to win nationally and that kind of thing so it's interesting that not a big percentage actually translates to professional sports i think that's really really interesting So I don't know if that's something that you see, like from your business, is that something that you want to get people to do more professional sports or do you want them to just sort of experience what you've experienced?
1: So yeah, it started with, no, just experience what I've experienced. Actually, literally that, because I was so impressed by the experience and it, it it opens up so many doors. So after my four years, I could have, like I was mentally prepared, physically prepared to do whichever path I wanted to. It should always still be a personal choice. Like, as I said, professional is... Chances are super slim. It's really hard on the body. It's hard mentally. It's it's not for everyone. So, uh, for this people to like force or I think it's best to like have all the resources ready. Uh, so if someone wants, I know one of the top players in Egypt, Farida Osman, she's mm-hmm. a swimmer. She's the first Olympian. T- uh, she went to Berkeley, so she played four years of swimming. When she was done, she wanted to go to Olympics. So they. Offered resources for her to get an Olympic training center, and she stayed in the U.S. to train. And uh, at the same time, she's representing Egypt. And Berkeley still has like, oh, Farida was a Berkeley swimmer when she competes in the Olympics. Her whole team is all watching and supporting. But uh, but it's they 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 provided her everything she needed, and she can pick whatever path. And nice. I think that's the best way to do it not mm. not to force anything upon anyone. But I but uh, it's funny you said that because. Through doing this business of like trying to get people into the college sports field, I'm seeing some that might be ready to jump straight into the pro ca- career or they're just set on it. So how can I also leverage that and provide them th- provide those players resources that they need? Maybe it's not necessarily college placement. Maybe it's getting them a sponsor. So like uh, Nestle wants to sponsor an athlete. I have all these athletes. I can tell them uh, I can also match them with a sponsor or just to help whatever career kind of they pick
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. So you finished your program, you're like going back to Egypt. Like, is that like how did you come up with your idea? Like, how did you say like, you know what, I want to, I want to go back to Egypt, or I'm going to stay in the U.S. for a couple more years, or like, how did that come about?
1: Sure. So that's so. I mean, I, the college tennis was four years. Every summer, I'd go back to Egypt, and I and I just. Help, like maybe one or two athletes, and be like, hey, you know, I'm playing there. Do you need any help? I can help connect you. Just out of like actually wanting more athletes to get this, so I would just do it here and there, and then didn't really think further of it. And then one summer, I know I went back and I called a, a like a U.S. consultancy that kind of helps with that. And I'm like, hey, I'm gonna help you get some Egyptian athletes. I just wanna like learn the process, and so I was doing that for a little bit one summer. And then I was still like, ah, oh, he's charging way too much. He's like on American standards. I'm trying to convince these Egyptian athletes that they should try something like this. I didn't really like how he, f- he framed it because he was framing it mainly for American athletes. Uh, that was like one of my junior year summer. And then I went back, college finished. And then it's so tempting in New York. I mean, you're in New York, you get uh, such great job offers. It's like anyone's dream to work in New York. So I kind of felt like I should give that a chance. I worked at uh, IBM. Mm. And actually the f- the, the great thing is that I got that job because a previous tennis college tennis player from Colombia was working there and that's that's really how the network like works out. They nice. really want to help each other out. yeah and she got me a job. I worked a year and a half and like uh, I learned a lot. it was like a product management job, so that's kind of like having a little startup in a big uh, corporate. so you learn good structure, but you also learn how to like innovate and create strategy and if i was learning a lot not feeling as you know i mean uh as passionate or as like this is not for me this is not what my dream is and i would always go back to let me help some college kids let me help some athletes what are athletes doing so i kept referring back to that so it clicked i'm like i i mean this is something obviously that's more exciting for me why don't i pursue it at the same time it was like been six years in the u.s like i wanted to go back what can i go back and really feel like um you know, you feel like you want to, after six years, you want to do something. You don't want to just, yeah. you, you want to give back and all that yeah. great stuff. Mm. So I think that was my best angle. Like, I'm going to go back. Great. Be with family, comfort. But also, how can I impact uh, athletes the way that I was impacted? And uh, that's how it really came together. And r- luckily, that that's was the same time where, like, the startup ecosystem is is just great. I mean, it's booming this time of, the, like, these past two, three years in the region uh egypt as well so it was a great time for me i mean luckily wise yeah good experience enough experience i missed home i wanted i knew the impact i wanted to have and the ecosystem was kind of set up the right way so
0: yeah okay that was who was your first test case like you were like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna take a take this person and see if i can bring them to a certain university was there a certain person that you felt you wanted to invest in
1: yeah so uh, uh al Turki he's a he's a squash player he was number two in Egypt mm-hmm. with, uh, sorry two in the world and because uh, you know Egypt's like top 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 in squash uh two in the world uh like he'd play the world Juniors and get second place third place and like completely super super talented I tried to like I, I mean I found his name on all the wins and then I reached out to him on Instagram now everyone's like <laughs> on Instagram messages uh facebook and at first he's like no i want to go pro no i don't know what i want or i'm just gonna stay here or he was he didn't like he didn't really think of the whole college sports he was underplaying it he's like no they're not good enough Uh, fair enough enough. because yeah Hmm. i mean he's coming from being a top junior uh and then the funny thing as well is because he was so good he was some coaches go to these tournaments like this world championship so obviously like a lot of the good coaches already had seen him, and they wanted they talked to him, and they, and he still showed no interest. So until it, w- it was really until I was like, I'm gonna take this kid upon me and not convince him because it's like convince him because it's really a good path for him to pursue college. I mean, so I talked to his parents, I met with his parents, I. Uh I I mean I called him a few times and I'm like look you uh, went
0: like you were like all right if you're not gonna get convinced I'm going straight to your parents you know <laughs> Oh, no,
1: yeah because uh, listen you
0: know <laughs> mom you, we're gonna <laughs> you are gonna take that kid to school okay but yeah I mean
1: yeah here the I mean parents are decision makers and then in our culture you know like parents want to be super involved which is great so uh, I mean having I I talked to him about like my experience and then how college squash specifically has like transformed and then we have like in a great example Ali Farag he's uh, He's top Egyptian uh, squash player. Went to Harvard, played his four years there. After Harvard, went professional. Is now like the first in the world, like professionally. Yeah. So it, I was trying to show him how like he, the college setup of squ- college squash is gonna really prepare you for a professional. Not necessarily like if he goes pro at 17 years old, it's a bit immature. Like he's still not fully developed. Uh, He stays in Egypt. Maybe the support system is not there. So I was looking for him as a path. Like, go pursue college. You'll get a full scholarship at a great university. You'll get perfect training. You'll get exposure. You'll uh, get sponsors. You'll like it's. It's a perfect segue for him and his point of view to go into professional. Because seventeen, you're still a bit immature to. And he didn't want
0: that. Like he was like, I nah, it's not for me, man. You know, it's not. Was that his approach? Like Yeah,
1: first for sure, like, uh, oh no, I want to go pro or I just want to stay here. It's like just a laziness to... thing too. And like,
0: he wants to go directly to pro? Like he wants to skip all of that and go yeah, pro? And, then go and to is that a to... thing that's possible?
1: It is. And a lot of, especially Egyptian squash players because are, they are really good, they do that and then they go to like a, a decent university in Egypt. They <laughs> miss a lot of classes but like really focus on the pro tour. And a lot of been, people have been successful that way. I just feel like some of them do that because they they either weren't aware of the college process, uh, like getting that full scholarship, or they, they, I mean, they have already the perfect system in place, or they're mature or ready to do that. It's but it's again a, b- a big risk. And then after your pro life, you're if you're done, you're you want to have a good backing. So if you have a good education, then that really does help.
0: Right, right, um, yeah. So you went to his mom, and you're like, listen, we got to get your kid to the U.S. And so how did that go about?
1: Yeah, so no, 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 it's so far. And I, that's really the first reaction. And I'm like, no, yeah. but I went and I'm like, uh, and you know how culturally sometimes I'm like, and I'm a girl and I went and I was on my own. And she's like, oh no, the kid's going to go and he's not going to focus. There's too many distractions. Valid point. Like there's a college New York City. life, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, no, but look at these good examples. And uh, w- he's will go to one of the best coaches. He'll play against all the top players. He'll uh, And then like convince them to, to really look into it, at least look at the options. So I like, Took him upon him. Took him upon me to like give him all the options, and uh, he ended up with uh, UVA. So UVA is the top sports school, and he got a full scholarship. The first, the first Egyptian guy to get a squash scholarship from that university because they're they're new to giving squash scholarships, and it just shows how much they would want him. How they like pretty much started the scholarships to bring him on board. Nice. And uh, he's gonna be like, I think it's a huge deal for him, and he's he just went there in August, so this this semester and. He's super happy. Great system. He has uh, awesome teammates. He's really growing, I think. And in the end, like no matter what happens, after all, you still have a very good college degree and alumni network you can depend on. Uh, a co- like it's you know it's a good security system too. Yeah.
0: Have. Can he still compete uh, globally?
1: Yeah. So he can. It's you can't take uh, prize money. Uh, so you can't be because then that way you'll be a professional when you have to stay in the collegiate. Like term, uh, yeah, yeah, You compete, you compete, but you don't take prize money until uh, he's
0: done. Really interesting. Damn, this a whole different world. I know. Okay, so you got your first case, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna do my own app. Is that yeah? Yeah. Okay. Website. Yeah. Website okay. And then and then, so how do you start looking for investment and and like, how did that work? Is is was was um. Was uh, Momentum your first uh, like proper investment or did you have stuff from before that?
1: So I had one before, which was a similar kind of program. It's called FELEC. It's like an incubator in Egypt. Okay. And they bring startups at a very early stage. You could just be an idea. And they take a huge risk with that and invest that early on. Uh, and they picked. So I came back from the U.S. and I wanted to like get straight into the proper ecosystem. So I applied uh, to them so I can... I mean, learn from, like, the whole that the whole startup world is so different. So I applied and got in, it was last year, last November, they picked 17 startups, similar kind of model to Momentum, and then they give, they invest uh, 500,000 Egyptian pounds. So yeah. it's around $30,000. Very, I mean, small amount at an early stage, but that really keeps you, in Egypt, that keeps me got Like, I'm still running on that money for now. Mm. Uh, and their mentorship and their same similar kind of program. They bring in speakers, they bring in... Uh, previous entrepreneurs and they really get you like started to take on your startup on your own so I joined that first that was my first investment and I'm still running off that money I still haven't charged so I just recently started charging athletes it was all testing trying the idea uh seeing how much they're willing to pay for it Mm -hmm. how what's the best way to charge them uh so I was waiting to charge and that's how a lot of startups work they in the beginning they're not revenue generating until this last month I started making money and that was also one of Womina's <laughs> kind of requirements. It's like you have to be revenue generating before coming to Dubai so you can uh, then uh, approach investors in a lot more confidence, proving that your model kind of makes money. <laughs> it's mm. not just a pro bono a social project. you know. Right, right, yeah. So, and then prize money at Momentum, that was awesome. So prize money is always great because then... It's money that's equity-free, so I'm not giving away anything from my company, but I'm making money, and if it's in dollars, that's great, because in Egypt, that's <laughs> that's really a lot that I can, uh, salary-wise, get an office that can really sustain you for longer. Nice. Um, so that was a great boost, again, uh, yeah. to sustaining my cash flow. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it, was, it must, feel, must have felt really nice to have, like, to be on that because I saw you like you're like yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's yeah, a, you know, that's like, my sports side
0: yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome so do you uh, still follow sports are you still a sports fan or yeah, is, has the startup world taken all over your you know
1: it's taking a bit of my sports playing sports which is <laughs> I need to get back into that uh-huh. but watching and following news that's they're all like it's always on my top um, I mean I I'd, I'd love to I mean I used to play tennis soccer ball like I'm a big uh, sports person but those require like you need to plan them you have to be with people you can't just go it's not like running when you just go and run on your own right so I need to um, oh, yeah, try to make true. more time for that and, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, really a, it's a
0: social it. thing and already you have to like plan way ahead of time if you just want to have dinner with someone <laughs> yeah. let alone play a tennis game um, yeah, it's interesting, though. Like, it's cool because you're, you're making your passion your job, you know? And that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. And I think not a lot of people can say that their actual passion is their job, you know? It's, it's awesome. Um, and, yeah, for me, I mean, I've, I've never gotten into sports, I'll be honest, you know? And uh, I always find it fascinating when I talk to people who are into um, sports. Um, you know, my brother, for example, is a huge Manchester United fan. Huge, you know? And uh, and I just find it fascinating how people are so connected to the sport, the competitiveness of the sport, and, uh, you know, just how people are, you know, the, it becomes more of a kind of religion to, to people, you know, it's it's kind of insane, actually. Well, insane in a good way, I guess, because it brings people together. Um,
1: a healthy, uh, a healthy addiction.
0: <laughs> a healthy addiction, yeah. Do you find that, you know, um, now that you've, you're doing this as a, as a job and you're doing this as a, you know, as a startup, does it take away a bit of that, you know, um, you know, that love for the game and does it take away a little bit out of it or do you still feel like, no, I'm still into it. I still would love to watch these tennis games. I still have a favorite tennis player. I still look up to these people. Like, or does that get removed a little bit when you see the behind the scenes business. of the world and the business of it and that kind of thing? Mm, good
1: good, good question. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. <laughs> I always ask good questions. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> like, it's it's so exciting in the beginning when it's all... Like yeah, I'm following my passion and that's it. And then you're right, it gets these little complications. this little okay, now you gotta make money from your passion. But it, it was really just trying to help, trying to. And then now you have to. It's 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 a lot. Li- it's, it's a lot. Li- I mean, it's gonna be your life. So how are you gonna make your passion a business? That that was really where it was like okay, reality check. Uh, I still have the passion. I still have the energy. I still. But how can you make that a uh, money thing? Which, yeah, that was I think the hardest. Like. the, biggest realization for me which I knew was coming uh so now it's even when I go to convince or like sell or I'm selling my passion but then I'm like but there is a little cost or there is and that's where it like it hit like hits a bit because you I mean you're doing it out of love you're doing it out of support out of uh like wanting to help and then you really have to bring in the, the money part but that's and that's why a U.S. again is like a great model because like they're the most sports fanatics they're they're the craziest about sports but they're the best at making sports a business and in a very uh, like legal passionate uh, structured kind of way that Mm -hmm. it works so it's like the passion's still there and they know they're doing it so like in the US the sports industry is the most in demand and the least in supply like there's so many people that want to work in it because it's they're working through their passion but they're still making a business out of it Um,
0: the least in supply isn't like the business is the least in supply yeah there's
1: yeah, I would, I would it's imagine. It's to get into, actually. Right,
0: yeah. I would imagine that to be true, because um, if you think about it, there are a limited amount of teams, limited amount of uh, sports companies, and there's so much people who love sports, you know? So, like, how do you bring all these people in? I guess that's a good point, yeah.
1: But I like your idea of the community aspect, so that's really what I'm trying to do with, with Passport. So, I mean, now we have, uh, we've helped 16 athletes get full scholarships, and then, we have 600 athletes that are now signing up to get for the next round. So how can we make a community out of these athletes, which is definitely something we are looking into. Because yeah. it is, so if they're all going for the same goal, coming out for the same goal, so they're all college players that's already a bond, uh, bringing them in back, like people like me and like the other 50 Egyptians that went to college and come back and them talking to the the current college athletes. Like there's a very easy network and kind of community that we can create out of these athletes that have the same passions that have uh, and then that's that's really my goal where it's like a community of athletes and uh, once you have that strong community they can help each other get jobs uh, go professional get sponsors uh uh, just inspire each other you know it's a it's a very strong it's a powerful community when you have strong athletes together yeah there's a lot that can be done
0: do you have uh favorite athletes that you've met before and uh, and you were either very impressed or very disappointed like you have these type of stories
1: true uh, Nadal I mean Rafael Nadal he uh-huh. is my favorite and I was lucky enough to meet him in New York at a so he, he has a big charity foundation Rafael Nadal foundation so after the it's US it's a very Open, creative name <laughs> exactly yes after the US I wonder Open, how he
0: came up with that <laughs>
1: easy when you have a good name like that you can yeah, use it anywhere. I can. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta use it. okay he, uh, he does like a Fancy charity event fundraiser, and like luckily enough, with like connect- we're a connection of connection of a connection, I was I, I got to go. It was a very intimate, like uh, 50 people only, and uh, Nadal was one of them, and it was insane. And very casual, like people were talking to him, he was talking to everyone, very humble. There's a ping pong table, so I got to play ping pong against him. No way, which was super fun, yeah, yeah dude. I, wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> he's, and he's uh, I mean, his English is good, like as you can see, but. Like we didn't talk that much, but he's so humble, and the fact that he's just there with everyone, welcoming everyone, uh, and I actually talked to his. So they have a te- they have a tennis camp. So I wanted to kind of help their tennis players as well get the scholarships. So I talked to his girlfriend about how we can work on that together as well, and it, oh wow, yeah, you know, she gave me a con- like. They were very open and humble, and like the best thing about him is. You can feel like he he's worked for his success. You know, some people are like just born talented. I feel like he's one of the kinds that definitely has the talent, but also is such a hard worker that uh, you can like you can see that he's gone through that. You know, he's it gives him a lot more humi- humility than I'm like born successful. Yeah. And his guest list was really exciting too. It had a lot of uh, famous. I mean, famous Kevin Durant uh-huh. and his girlfriend, and then. He had um, another another very famous tennis player, and then his coach, uh, Carlos Moyá, is a very famous ex tennis player. He was super nice. Uh, it was it was like a dream. Honestly.
0: Really? Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, so you're like you like you were in a room of uh, of your heroes? Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Oh, it's it awesome. That was. Uh, I think only in New York something like that can happen. I feel like New York is where these crazy things. Yeah. Sometimes happen.
0: New York is pretty crazy like that. Like you know, you can never take a wrong turn in New York, you know? Like you'll it's... learn,
1: you'll get something. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And do you have a uh, a person that you met that you were like, nah, I don't know about that. Like I'm not I'm not a big fan of that person. Although mm-hmm. I thought he would be cool or she would be cool, would be cool. but didn't totally love her or him. Mm. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I just find these stories really fascinating, you know. There
1: must, yeah, no, there must be. Let
0: me see. Like I, I feel like I've, uh, I've met so many like uh, rock stars because, because just like you love tennis, I love rock music. Okay. And uh, and I've I've met a few, and some of them would be like amazing, and like oh my god, he's so humble and cool and blah 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 blah. blah. And some of be, like, eh, I don't know, like he, hmm, I don't know, like I, I didn't love that person, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, and it, it it's. It's It resonates and you remember it for a long time, you know? So, I don't know. Maybe maybe not something you want to share on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it wouldn't be. I mean, they'd probably never for your hear business. I don't know. I, <laughs> love it if they heard it. Um, I mean, I didn't meet them personally, but I think, uh, like, Cheripova was, like, a very, I mean, everyone was, like, a, she's a role model to a lot of people. She was more, I didn't meet her, like, in person, but, like, we were in the same setting uh, in New York as well uh eh, maybe shy or like not as you know charismatic or yeah passionate or like very much with her bodyguards very much for that's uh, maybe it's just cuz like she has certain reasons for that or she wants to stay focused on her yeah matches i don't know but sometimes like you you wish like they'd give a bit more and it's they do this much and it affects people in an amazing way i feel like Right, do, like Serena Williams, for example, is the opposite. She loves the fans. She's uh,
0: you met her before.
1: She again, not pre- like in in the U.S. Open. So when you go, ah, you can okay. watch her train, and then you ah. can like get her signature. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was the so <laughs> extent of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay, uh, the so it's nice. I mean, it's nice when they give you a little bit of their time, and it's not just. Yeah. Uh, But no one upsetting them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No,
0: it must be like fame must be a really odd odd thing for these people, you know, like you know, one day you're just practicing and you didn't nobody knows you and then suddenly a couple of years later you're like the most known person on the planet, you know, and it must be a very odd thing because every person has a different character, you know. And perhaps the person you've met um, was an introverted person and she wasn't very much into being in big crowds. So, like, what transpires to other people is, like, ah, that person is, you know, um, not, doesn't give too much to the yeah. fans back. Because oh, yeah. I was talking to someone who's also t- kind of famous. Like, I know him. He's an athlete. I can't say his name because I don't want to piss him off. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, he's, um, he like, I know him well, and we work a lot together and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and he was telling me once, he's like, you know, a lot of people think that I'm rude but honestly I'm just really shy. Like I just, um, I don't know how to, like when somebody tells me something, I just don't know how to react to it. You know, like if there's somebody tells me like, you're amazing and you do this and that, and I just don't know what to say. Like I just, so I just like nod and look away. And like, I don't know what to, to say. Like, and a lot of people think it's a rude, thing like it's rudeness or you know that kind of thing but it really isn't it's it's just me being a shy person and i just don't know how to deal with that stuff mm-hmm. so i'm assuming like a lot of like tennis players and a lot of like athletes probably go through something like that because they're not really you know they're not really musicians or actors or sure. or, or you know that are not they're not extroverts they're just sort of you know they have their own thing you know
1: especially so. in individual sports you think even more
0: yeah especially with like tennis and and stuff like that
1: that's what's cool honestly again about college but like you like i play tennis individual sport you go to college it becomes a team sport like i'm playing we're playing uh six we're six people playing we play six singles we have to win four four out of the six to win the to win the match so every match counts you're playing for the team you're not playing for yourself it's a very different transition even if you're like not someone who like really cheers on people or you're very much in your bubble you you become a lot more out like uh, loud and you want to cheer so that the other player next to you hears you and like carries out of off your energy it's a very different sport when it becomes a team sport and i think that's that's again something that really brings out a personality so that's why again college tennis for me was like even if you're shy we like you tweak that a bit or even if you're very introverted. You you're now part of a team, so you have to kind of uh, like show them yeah. at least like be there for what they need or like give feed off of each other's energy is like critical at a tennis game. But
0: uh, that's clearly good. that's a uh, that's a really good advantage. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go back to Egypt uh, what tonight, right? Um, and and you're carrying with you a new boost of energy, yeah. um, a nice. Uh, investment from, uh, from, from a very successful trip uh, over the past couple of weeks. Um, so two things I want to ask you is, one, how was your Womentum experience? And for people who don't know, Womentum is a program uh, started by Womina, uh, who is helmed by uh, Elisa Freja. And, um, and basically, it's, uh, it's just an incubator program, right, for a two-week incubator program, uh, which is based out of Cairo, Dubai, and Berlin. Is that right? Am I? I feel like you're looking at me. You're like, ah, I'm not I so not sure. so I feel like I need to jump in here. So please, yeah, jump in. Do Do you?
1: <laughs> Sorry, but in case, because it's a famous program. here. But it's uh it's accelerator, so they call it that because it's like your your startup should be already a bit running. It's right. Not like as early as the one I joined in Egypt.
0: Yeah, and I realized this by the way. Everybody had like
1: numbers, like. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: like, holy shit! These guys all have real businesses, you know. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah.
1: True. So no, you have uh, two weeks in Berlin. That we went in June, and then two months you're working remotely. So we're oh wow, I
0: got this totally wrong. Okay, (laughs) cool. Okay, just in case
1: you can work from wherever you are from. So we were in Egypt, uh, but in those two months you're like they're tracking your progress. They give you mentorship. They give you uh, KPIs you have to meet, and then you come back in Dubai. Uh, so these last two weeks we were in Dubai and that's where the finale kind of show happens where the big investors show up Yeah. Uh, you accelerate like it's called Accelerator because you really try to accelerate in those two months of the summer and prove the progress you've done when you're here in Dubai and that's what can really bring in the investment and, uh, and in the end you end with a show where everyone as you saw pitches their progress and their idea and tries to bring in the investment but throughout we're getting so much help it's And it's all like, we don't owe anything really to Wumina, which is insane, like it's purely out of their wanting to help startups in the region uh, grow and be a part of their growth, and that's why they're investing resources, money, time, uh, mentorship into these, we were eight startups, eight startups from the Middle East led by women. So that, again, is something where you have to be a women-led startup in the Middle East. Right. They go around like picking, I think this year they picked eight out of 200. Whoa. that they interviewed so it is an honor being a part of it and then once you're a part of it you really do learn so much i mean the you know elisa but like the the heart and soul that they put into it the they get you like the best mentorship they get you people from google facebook uh, top sales people uh, they go like above and beyond and like even the community aspect of it even yeah. the mental like as a startup as an entrepreneur like you go through a lot of stress and they look look into that and they give you like a uh, like a, a session on that with uh, just kind of like visualization and uh, like an intimate settings. It's not all like, like how are you gonna do your business model. No, it's even more like soft skills that they teach you and care about. It's it's an in, it's an incredible program and like it gives you call, like I leave with it with more confidence. Like I'm more confident as awesome. an entrepreneur as a. Yeah,
0: as a yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like she. Her. No, I. I think that's what one thing I like about Elisa is that she really is very passionate about this, yeah. and um and she uses her resources for good, you know, and uh, and I think that's honestly a really respectable thing and an amazing thing to be honest. Um and and honestly, it she talked to me so much about it over the past year because I had it on, my, on my podcast a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But seeing it in person is a completely different scenario, honestly. Because, like, you know, you, you hear so much about accelerators and and startup incubators and all these type of things. And and you almost, like, become desensitized to it to some degree. But then when I came to the demo day and I saw all these businesses, and, like, you know, you were saying earlier, it's like, damn, they all have these amazing numbers. Um, they're growing. They're, like, they're awesome. And, and so much energy in the room. And I, I love how, like, Elisa had started all that. So it was awesome to do that. So so from your experience in that, um, you were saying just now, like it was amazing and you had a great time. How was Berlin for you? Like, was it was it like a like a a nice um, experience or was it like something that was uncomfortable because you had left Egypt and you've been there for two weeks? And like, how was that experience for you?
1: No, I think it was very interesting, and and I think Elisa does it on purpose, like, where they take you, she says it, like, we take them out of their comfort zone to a very, like, hippie kind of uh, creative place on purpose, where we're there and, like, you're, like, completely zoned out of your business in a sense. I mean, you need to sometimes, like, step away from the Hmm. on-ground work, and it was, I think that's what it did, and that was what happened. We stepped away. We were a lot more creative that's where we did a lot of the like uh, strategy, overall plan. Let's see what we really want to focus on, and then you zoom back into Egypt. You focus in your like office and you're on like on ground, and then you come back here and you're like, oof, this is happening like stress, stress, stress. Like I was here for two weeks and just working 24 7 and then stayed an extra week on purpose Where like okay i want to enjoy the way i want to actually meet some people <laughs> i want to yeah and that's where we and have uh, a podcast exactly yeah. i mean it worked out perfectly or else i would have a lot of them just flew right after right and uh there was too much like we didn't get and even berlin there's a lot more bonding as a as a momentum cohort we had a lot more dinners here we barely had time like everyone yeah. just wanted to work
0: get to that finish line
1: But I love how she does that honestly like uh, two different perspectives two different countries and then Dubai is a great place like it's I stayed especially because it's a great network like a great segue into the network and the region uh, obviously a lot more money here than in Egypt a lot more like so a lot of the, funny thing, a lot of the good speakers that they brought to us were Egyptians that are now living here. Yeah. <laughs> because just, there's a lot of opportunity here. Omar Nur
0: was one of those people, oh right? Oh my God, yeah. yes. I love him. Yeah, Omar Nur is awesome. And I had him on my podcast as well. He's, he's such an incredible personality.
1: So much and he, Spanish. He,
0: yeah. And, and like, when he talks, it's like commands like you to listen <laughs> to him. You know, he's, yeah, he's awesome.
1: That's true. So that, I mean, it would be great. But that, so Omar, so they were saying, Elisa and Omar have a similar energy and mm. i'm hoping i have a similar energy as well yeah <laughs> like yeah, yeah were, we feel that energy that's i don't good. know they were all saying like we maybe like t- all of us in the room might be a bit too much <laughs> but it'd be, cool there are they're two both of them are like role models for me after this trip in in a lot of ways where they're like that's nice following their passion it maybe took them a while to like crack the code of again how you said like making your passion a business yeah i think both of them kind of went through that and uh But they stuck to it, and you can see when they talk about it, it's like emotions are there. So I'm hoping in a few years that's where I'm at. And
0: it's uh, so important, honestly. Honestly, what you're doing is not just for the the people, but also for yourself. Anyone who can take their passion and make it like their livelihood is 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 awesome. well not yet I mean I, I'm still doing my podcast but I still need a job so, so I love my job by the way just unless somebody wants to sponsor this podcast and, um, anyway um, but but yeah no I think that's amazing I think that you're doing that that's, that's fantastic so yeah stick to it I, I can't wait to see what happens to your to Passport in the next few years hopefully you you know you become this multi-billionaire
1: it's
0: unicorn <laughs> you know all that, these numbers these terms yeah yeah exit uh, exit uh, you know <laughs> you never know but uh so what yeah i mean it brings me to my next question what's or my second question and hopefully my final uh what's next for passport what's next for you
1: okay so now going back it's like uh got a bit of money this is good like it will keep me going for a little bit uh, i really want to test these this business like this business, the money part of it so mm-hmm. uh, is this making money the right way are people willing to pay it uh, are we collecting the money the way we should be? So, as I said, we just launched the payments, and that's gonna be what we're really testing these next few months. Uh, and for the big focus on Egypt, so I obviously it's it's a website, so we can easily any athlete can join us. Like we helped a Jordanian swimmer, we have an Indian tennis player, we have an Italian swimmer. Like it's anyone can join. I mean, we it's use awesome. social media, so anyone can really. But we we want to be like cover Egypt as in like anyone hears of college sports they think of passport any athlete in like high school wants to be a part of passport whether it's again the community aspect whether it's uh, we can help them and get a summer camp any kind of service that we can provide to these athletes uh like we want to have passport is the name in egypt for any athlete they want to become a part of it then that will transfer throughout the region and then i think the way we're going we want to grow regionally is like uh, partnerships. So here I'm meeting, I'm here in Dubai, meeting a few schools and sports academies. And then I could replicate the same kind of models in Saudi. Uh, We're thinking of also going into Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, really strong talent. Yeah. Less uh, fun, like financials. And here it's the opposite. There's a lot more money and maybe less talent. So how we can cater to both in a certain way Mm. and just become like a name of where any athlete, you know, wants to I'm a passport athlete is what we call them. Yeah. And uh, I really have a lot of hopes and vision and dream. But again, when it comes to reality, you really have to work one problem at a time, one little thing at a time. Yeah. So if now it's really the problem of monetization, of how we're going to make money, prove that it makes money. And then that's really what's going to give us more investment. Then we can grow a lot faster because that's how startups really want to work. They've, quick, 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 quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have a a busy 2020.
1: Yeah, an exciting one. Like, 2019 was a lot of learning. A lot of it's it's a lot. Uh, yeah. To take on a start. I mean, and it's I I was the youngest one in the program, so it's like, it's a lot to do this at a young age. Like a lot of them come with a lot of experience. Yeah. Uh, so it's pros and cons because I'm less risk, I guess. Mm. But still, I'm learning a lot. So I kind of embraced this year as like, you know what, it's going to be a learning period. I the people like I brought to work with like I changed people I worked with often. I, we change different business models, we, it's hard, you know, for a startup, they tell you, like, just test and change quickly, but we don't grow up knowing that, you know, like, it's something you wanna test, but, like, I wanna take my time to figure out if this works, but no, you gotta do it quick, and change quickly, so I, this year was learning. This next year is going to be really executing, and I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll be back, and with a lot of uh, progress, I hope.
0: We'll have a part two uh, part interview two. then. With <laughs> the
1: 100 athletes that we've with a
0: hundred, Yeah, we'll get all the athletes in. <laughs> well,
1: Basil, if you don't mind, can I just jump
0: in? Yeah, and yeah, of course.
1: Okay. Uh, That's board, Brendan, everybody, who is yeah. also filming the, the, this thing. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, just from a perspective of a sportsman listening to this podcast right now, uh, uh, how... Uh, does the money aspect work I mean do you all have a royalty uh, sort of concept or uh, just just to explain that a little uh, the that's area. an excellent question yeah. Be, uh, he it, Brandon was just asking about if you guys in here because it's away from the mic, yeah. uh, about monetization um, and uh, you know how does that model work am i yeah. doing it justice yeah there we go so yeah, over so to you
1: <laughs> for sure that's the question I keep getting because it does sound like it's a you know a pro bono kind of social project but uh, it's gonna be, so it's a subscription base, so the athlete's gonna pay us, uh, the way same way like LinkedIn makes you pay premium, so they'll pay us premium to get more resources, so they mm-hmm. can get unlimited messaging, they can get a verified account, they can get uh, like a spe- specialized timeline of what they need to do, uh, how to communicate with coaches. They get a lot of extra services that will make their recruiting process a lot smoother and more guaranteed to success. And then once they are placed, hopefully uh, get a scholarship. We we take a two percent of the yearly tuition fee. So that's like a success rate and a base premium uh, subscription fee. That's the first model we're testing. Again, as I said, like a uh, startups, they test and change. And and I'm now I'm way more open to that. I uh, I understand that that might happen. Uh, but that's the first thing we're testing in the future. I mean, so th- the ideal is getting the coaches to pay, not the athletes, because. They're the ones with the big budget. They're the ones who really want these athletes. So that is the next level of once, like one coach sees a few athletes coming in through us, they want to pay to access these athletes, and then
0: yeah. And is that a global model that exists? So um,
1: so so a few there's like two or three companies that do it in the U.S. Okay. Uh, but nothing where it wasn't like uh Uber. Where I brought Uber here and like replicated exactly. Right. That's yeah. why it's taking a bit of time and you gotta really factor in the culture that it's a new idea, like it's completely new, so I wanna be price sensitive a little bit. Right. Uh, I don't wanna, the success fee part is not, not a lot of companies do that, they take just a bigger chunk to begin with, mm. but I want to where it's like, build the trust at first, so let me, I'll take a small chunk, if it works for you, let's take a success fee after. Uh, is it aligns more with my you know goal and vision of being like, yeah. actually wanting to place you rather than just take your money at first.
0: Right. So like also value driven, like your values are implemented in this.
1: Yeah, and hopefully that doesn't like <laughs> trickle down because your values are always like, you know, the money comes in and it, you gotta find the balance. Yeah, yeah. But well, I can see. I mean, do you have, if you have any? I can see a lot of revenue streams to come. Like once we have, let's say, a thousand even, even a thousand athletes, a lot of companies wanna. Get data out of these athletes. Want to survey these athletes on some things. Like a sports company would want to market to them. A sports camp would want to put their, you know, like flyer on our on our pro like on our website because we have the exact. You know, it's a very niche market, but it's valuable in a sense. So we can create value out of that once we have the numbers. Mm. That's the. Well, I hope Brendan <laughs> is uh, satisfied with that answer. <laughs>
0: that's <cool>. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. that's but I,
1: I actually, I know what you're talking about. The. So do we get a commission, like, like out if they, of... if they explode. Yes, so people uh, tell me yeah. I have to do that. Like, sign yeah. them a contract where, like, yeah. whatever you do. Like, you go to the NFL, oh. you go to become an NBA player after going through Passport, I get a chunk of that. Yeah, because that yeah. that's that's
0: where the cha-ching is the, the, in, the you know?
1: Was what I was to. Yes, actually. you're right. Yeah. You're very yeah. right. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, w- I would give Brendan, um, you know... <laughs> Uh, consultant fees. <laughs> just, the
1: more the merrier. Honestly, I uh, make sure I he's part of this game. You
0: know? <laughs> so he's gonna make a lot of money. Uh, that has cool. To well, Nada, thank you so much for being here. Thanks. I really appreciate your time. I know it's a very tight schedule, and you have so many meetings. Um, and hey, best of luck. I really, really think you guys have something really strong. Um, I love your energy and that's really one of the reasons why I asked Elisa to put us in touch. <laughs> and um, and I think you have a great business that has a really noble cause to it as well. So uh, I hope you get a lot of um, Egyptians or anybody from the Middle East or wherever you're going to be, North Africa, uh, South Africa Southern Sub-Sahara Africa wherever um, and make all their dreams come true in the sporting industry you know so um, I really really hope so and and Brendan's here for any consultation (laughs) so uh, you know
1: that'd be awesome (laughs) there's
0: no issues whatsoever that's actually
1: a great thing so many like People with advice in their region. And it's, I, I, I'm the kind of person that listens to it and listens to it very well. Yeah. You just have to pick and choose what you're going to follow through on in the end.
0: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It. Thank you. Pleasure. First podcast, and I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, you did really well. That's, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank cool.
0: You. Thank you. And we are.